Oh, there goes my computer. You see, one time I, I spoke, and I was relying on my computer, and it shut down, so I brought paper this time. Yeah. Anyways, uh, good morning. My name, is, my name is Jake. I work here at the church. I'm the community life coordinator, which basically means I do the communication stuff and that type of thing. And I have the pleasure of being able to share with you this morning. I'm going to be speaking out of Matthew chapter 13. If you have your Bibles with you or you'd like to open that up, it's going to be in Matthew 13. Um, why don't we just open up in a quick word of, uh, word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for setting us free and that uh, you just have so much for us. Thank you for this new life that you've given us and uh, that there's hope for everyone. I pray that you would bless us this morning, that you would speak through us, that uh, your word says that there's only one teacher. So I pray that you would teach this morning and that the glory would be to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to read from uh, Matthew 3, sorry, Matthew 13, starting at verse 3. It's called the parable of the sower. If you've grown up reading the Bible or, or learning about it, you'll, you'll be familiar with this parable. Um, and if you're new to this type of thing, Jesus used to teach in these things called parables, and they're kind of just basically stories that are symbolic. They, they have a kind of this poetic, symbolic meaning beneath them that's like a, you know, a real-life teaching. So I'm going to go ahead and read here, starting at uh, verse 3. Listen, a, a farmer went, went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the, sh- the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So that's that poetic, symbolic, kind of hard-to-understand teaching. But in this particular instance, Jesus actually explains it for us in a little more plain language to his disciples. We have the account of that in in the Bible. Um, So... I'm going to read that part, too. That's starting at verse 18. He says, Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. So that was one where the ravens or the birds came and ate the seed on the footpath. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So these are plants that are wilted under the hot sun. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So I want to unpack this a little bit this morning. Um, the seeds are being sown. The seeds being sown are, are, are the message that Christians would call the gospel. They call it the good news. Um, and the good news is that uh, Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth and, and, and took the punishment that we deserve for our sins so that we could have a relationship with, with God himself. He restored us to our original purpose that God gave in the Garden of Eden, if you know that story. Um, and it's free. He, he did that simply because he loved us. He didn't have to. It was an act of his grace, and you just have to receive it. So that message is the seeds. Um, the plant is what happens when you receive that gift. Jesus is offering that gift to, to each of us, and when you receive that gift, you're born again, and that seed sprouts, and now there's a plant. You have this new life. The Bible talks about being born again, this new life in the Spirit. In John 3, verse 5, it says this, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So everyone here has been born of water, raised, like you've been, that's what that means, is you're a human, you've been born once. Raise your hand if you haven't been born once. Normally there's someone, no one bit, okay. Um, You have to be born again. 
and it's of the Spirit is what he's talking about. So this new life, this life in the Spirit, is, is, is the plant. It's that new life that grows. And, and Anyway, the purpose of it is to bear fruit. That's what the, the thing says. If it, The seeds that land on good soil produce fruit sometimes 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. And basically what that's saying is uh, you produce this fruit and it's unlimited. There's not like three categories of people. It's not like a 30, a 60, or a 100. It's just unlimited. That's the point. The fruit that you bear, we read about in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So this new life in the Spirit, you're born again, and it's God's Holy Spirit that's living in you. And the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. So when he's at work, this fruit happens in your life. It's just what he's producing. That's, that's the product of it. And, and the whole point of, of the message of that seed and this plant, this new life you're living, is to bear that fruit and to bear a lot of it. There's an unlimited, there's no ceiling there. You can bear as much as you, as much as you allow him to bear in your life. Um, so I wanted to unpack a little bit more here about the parable. Um, so the purpose of this life is to bear this fruit, those, those things I just listed, like it's like eight things or whatever. Um, but what the parable is also teaching us is that there's things in this life that are going to try and choke out that plant around us, choke out that life, choke out that, that relationship with Christ. Um, and, and, and Jesus says that it's the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So that's something to be aware of, is that this life that you're living, this new life that Jesus births you into, um, there's things that will try and choke that out. And Jesus is saying that those are, that's the lure of wealth and the worries of this life. I, I think we could all agree that that's something that is pretty commonly struggled with in our culture, right? There, you know, comparatively, we're one of the richest cultures of, in, in the history of the world, right? And the worries of this life, we live in a pretty fear-based culture too. There's a lot of worry. You know, these are pretty common struggles. And they can, what he's saying is that they can choke out that plant. There's, there's something to be understood there. He's also saying that the sun wilts the plant in some cases when you don't have deep roots. And what he says there is that it's when you have problems or you're persecuted for believing God's word. So you receive the message of the gospel. You receive the forgiveness and the gift that Jesus is offering you. You're birthed into this new life. But as soon as problems come your way or you're persecuted for it, like you're made fun, like you're persecuted for it, you kinda, you're kind of getting cold feet right? Like you're not so sure that that's what you really were signing up for. Does that make sense? These are things to be aware of. And, and again, the stuff that's on the good soil is, is bearing that fruit that I'm talking about. Um, so the simple question I want to ask you guys today is, uh, is to reflect on what, what, what does your plant look like today? What does your plant look like today? What is your life, this new life in the spirit, your relationship with Christ, what does it look like today? Um, and I, and I don't want to give the implication that that everyone's like dying. Like, like there's actually like, does that make sense? Like I actually, there's actually a lot of people that I know personally who are in this room bearing a lot of fruit in their life. So I actually want to encourage you guys, like don't take from this that I'm like, don't try and rationalize a way into why you're dying. <laughs> like there's a lot of people that are bearing a lot of fruit here. Um, and if you're, again, this plant is better understood as a relationship with Christ. And if your relationship was healthy and you're bearing those fruits, I want to encourage you guys this morning that, that you are free. Jesus said that he overcame the world, um, and there's nothing that's going to stop you. You can keep bearing that fruit, 30, 60, or even 100. The point is, is that it's unlimited, and you are free. There's nothing more powerful than what Christ has done in your life. What Christ has, de has defined you as can never be influenced by someone else. 
Does that make sense? He's, he, what he has said about you is greater than what anyone else could say about you. Who he has created you to be is greater. So you are free. If you are bearing that fruit in your life, if you are on this journey, and it's a journey, plants grow. Life, people grow. It's a process. I'm not saying that you're perfect. Like, there's not like a category of people that are like finished the race. Like, we are all seen as perfect in God's eyes because of the forgiveness of Christ. We've been made clean by the blood of Christ, but we're still on a journey of being transformed. Does that make sense? The Bible calls it like sanctification or being made holy. But if you're bearing that fruit, I want you guys to, to keep going. You're free. You can keep going in that. You're absolutely set free to keep doing that. Um, and, you know, when we reflect on this question, what is our what does our plant look like? What does our relationship with Christ look like today? It's important to be honest. Um, we can't be afraid to do that. And I'm going to spend a lot of time talking to people who may have a sense that their plant might not be that healthy, that their relationship with Christ might not be that healthy. That's where my heart's at this morning is to, is to encourage you guys. And step one is, is to be free to be honest. Honesty is essential, but it's not always easy, especially when you believe that God is kind of this angry cop in the sky, Right? How do you be honest with that guy? How do you confide in him? How do you see him as a friend and a father when you believe that he's always ashamed of you? Um, so honesty is essential. And, and a lot of what makes that difficult is, is, again, it's about his character. So I want to talk to you guys this morning and, and free you to be honest. There's 7 billion people alive today, and God created each one of them. All of them were made in his image. All of them have a, a destiny and a purpose, and God is for each one of them. Um, my point there is that if you are struggling, like if, if, you're, if you're recognizing that, if, if you just kind of have a sense that you're struggling in your faith, you're trapped somewhere, you're not the first one. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like God is not like shocked. You know, he's not like throwing pay. Oh my goodness, Jacob is messing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, he, he's not surprised by that. He's God. He's really, really big. He understands you. Um, he's not angry. He's not ashamed of you. That's a big one. I really want to, to affirm that, that he's not ashamed of you if you're not meeting this bar that's in your head. God never put that bar there. He knows you. He created you. He understands you better than I think you believe he does. And when you're not making that bar and you get this sense that your, your heavenly father is just so ashamed and heaping all this guilt onto you, it's hard to, how can you be honest? How can you get out of that cycle? So I want to proclaim to you the truth that God understands you. He, he knows you. He's not angry. And the whole reason that he's doing this, that, that he wants your life, your plant to be healthy, is because he actually loves you and wants something better for you. He's not doing all of this to get something from you. Does that make sense? He, he, he's doing this because he sees a better life for you, and he loves you and wants you to be there. That's it. He sees something that's better for you and, and loves you, and his heart breaks for you when your faith is struggling, and he just wants you to be there. It's not so that he can get something from you, like he's God. You know, he can, he can create stuff. He can, he can get results. This, this, this relationship isn't like results dependent. It's not conditional. It's unconditional love. And he wants you there. He wants you in a place of, of, of being in his arms because he loves you and for no other reason. That's it. He, he loves you and wants you to, to thrive. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God came that you would have abundant life. That's it. He's not, he's not trying to coerce you to do something to get results. He's not ashamed of you. He, he wants abundant life for you, and he simply wants that because he loves you. So if you are struggling this morning, you are free to be honest with your father. He understands. He knows. He knows you. He created you. And he wants you to have abundant life. 
And again, I want to take us back to this, this understanding that the, that the plant is better understood as a relationship. It's a relationship with Christ. That's what the Christian journey is. In John 17, 3, he says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So he's defining eternal life right here. He's saying that eternal life is, is to know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So it's knowing him and believing that you are known by him. It's a relationship. That's what that plant is that we're talking about. So if you're reflecting on, on whether or not your plant is healthy, think about it as a relationship. Like, do you really, you know, ask these questions, right? Like, like do you really love him? Is, like, do you see him as a person that you love, right? Do you love God? Do you, do you believe that he loves you? Yeah, it's, it's a relationship, and, you've, and, and it's important to see it like that. Um, when, when you don't love him, when the relationship is unhealthy, sometimes you try and keep him in a box, right? So when you're living for something else, when, you're, when your life is still invested in something that's not him, it's, it's, it's better to have him in a box on the side. Does that make sense? Like to, to, to keep him in a place where he's only your reality or you only turn to him when you kind of need it or certain days of the week and does that make sense like that's and and again I'm not I'm not condemning or guilt tripping you like I like when I hear this type of preaching you know immediately my mind goes to this God that's trying to guilt trip me but but really understand that if, if even if you are keeping God in a box in your life right now he's not ashamed and angry he actually just wants something better for you his heart's just broken um but again so if 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 you're not in love with him, like if he's not your everything, you try and keep him in a box, and you try and find fulfillment with things in this world, and it never works. Does anybody know that cycle I'm talking about? Is anybody with me here? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're trying to find fulfillment in something around here, and it never works, and you kind of go to the next thing, and it, and it never ends up working, and you find yourself back in this closed loop, because there's a, there's a God-shaped hole in your heart that can only be filled by him. If Does that, what I'm, does that make sense? Like, he... He wants this life, this abundant life for you, and, and he wants you to get it from him in relationship with him. You're not going to find it in, in stuff around here. Um, it's hard to trust him, too. Again, this is a conversation about who you believe he is. It's about your relationship, and it's hard to trust someone that you don't know. <laughs> you have to, like, so seek to get to know him. That's the journey. That's what's that's what I want to call you guys to focus on, that if you feel like you're struggling, seek to get to know him. Don't seek to try and do better. Don't try and meet the bar. Like, you can't do it in your own strength. Seek to, seek to get to know him and, and, to, and to believe that you are known by him. Does that make sense? Um, so, yeah, so ask those questions. What does my plant look like today? Do I love him? Like, do you, like you're so free. Like, I, I remember that, that question hit me a couple years ago, like, like I, don't really under, I don't really resonate with that idea. Like, you know, I've heard that God loves you my whole life. People have told me that my whole life. I grew up in a Christian home. But the idea that I would love God back, like, I don't know if I really love him. Like, I don't, I don't know if I really see it like that. These are really healthy and important questions to ask. Have I got him in a box? Like, what am I living for? Is, am I, is there things that I'm afraid to surrender to him? Am I living defensively of something and trying to keep him out of certain areas of my life? Am I keeping him in a box? Um, life in abundance allows him out of those boxes, and it's, and it's so much better. It's amazing. Um, so ask those questions. This is really important. And so my encouragement to you guys this morning, if you're someone that, that, that you, you get the sense that your faith is struggling, um, that you're having a hard time, um, step one, like I said, is to be honest. First of all, recognize that, you know, maybe you have a hard time being honest because you, you don't trust God's character. 
but, but start by being free to be honest with him. He's, he's willing to have a conversation. He knows where you're at, and he wants you to be honest and, and open up to him, right? Like, look, this isn't working. I can't do this. Like, you got to be honest with him. That's step one. Um, and, and seek him. Seek to know him. Seek him in this relationship that I'm talking about. Seek. How do you do that? What does it mean to seek him? Um, talking to him is a big thing. We call it prayer, but you can see it as conversation. He's Jesus rose again from the grave. I've talked about his death, but by the way, he's still alive, and uh, he. You you can talk to him. He wants to do life with you, like like small things. Like he's not. He's not like over the small things in your life. Does that make sense? Like he. He, he really cares about that stuff. He really wants to engage in everyday life with you. He wants, to, he wants you to abide in him, to abide in him, to, to, to live in relationship with him. So, so seek him in prayer. Seek him in conversation with him. Open up to him and talk to him. Um, and seek him in the word, too. Seek him in the Bible. The Bible is kind of your baseline. It's unchanging. It's your anchor. You can go to that and, and understand the, the character of God. Um, if what you're seeing in who you perceive God to be doesn't, isn't seen in the character of Jesus, that's a sign that something might not be adding up there. You can use the Bible, you can use the teachings of the Bible as, as your baseline. That's a guaranteed, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good way to get to know God as a person. And think of it like an interaction, right? Like when a, a great analogy, and this is going to be a bit weird, but a, a great analogy that, that I think God gave to me one time is that when I'm reading the Bible, it's better understood as actually him reading to me. Does that make sense? You can read this book when you're seven or 97 and you can still glean from it because it's, it's not you reading, it's not, you're not studying a textbook, you're being read to. It's a living word. It can change your life. And in that, in, in studying the word, you're, you're interacting with God. It's an interaction. It kind of goes one and the same with prayer. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to make that confusing, but, but seek him in the Bible. You'll get to know him there. Um, and seek him with other Christians. Seek, seek him with, with mentors. If you know someone in your life that you, you feel like their plant is healthy, you feel like, uh, you know, you, you think of that person and you think, you know, they know God. Seek it with them. Seek it in community. Um, that's sometimes so hard. Sometimes it's so hard to open up that you're struggling with faith, especially when you grow up in like this kind of religious, burdensome background where you're actually not allowed to admit that you're struggling with this type of thing. Like that's such a, I really respect that journey. I'm not making light of that. I really know that that's a deep struggle and that's a deep, there's a lot of baggage there, but to, you are free to open up. Again, God is not shocked and angry about that. And, and doing that with, with someone else can sometimes be so powerful to do it in community. So I, um, this is a bit outside the box, but if you're a Christian in the room this morning and you would be comfortable getting a coffee with someone, like I'm not signing you up, I'm not going like to make an appointment for you, but I just, wa- I just, want, I just want people to see that, that this is okay and that this is possible. If you're a Christian and you're okay with talking to someone about this, you're, you're okay with talking to someone who's struggling. Could you just stand up? Would you just stand up if you're okay to get a coffee with someone sometime? You're all right with that? You're all right to talk with this about someone? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Like, this is, you can stay standing for just a second. Like, I just, I just really want this to sink in. Um, seek it with other people. These people are, are, are willing to journey, are, are willing to talk this through. You know, you, we've got to do it in community. Okay, that's why we're all in this room. It's got to be done in community. So seek to get to know. You guys can sit. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, seek to get to know him. Seek him in this relationship and do it in community. Talk to other people. You'll learn a lot. It's amazing. Um, and I guess the last group of people that, that I, that I want to speak to, um, 
pertaining, like, you know, kind of found in this parable is that y- you may be someone who the seeds are still being sown. <laughs> if y- You may not have accepted the gift that Christ is offering yet. Um, so, so <laughs> um, in this analogy, we're actually the soil. We're the soil. Um, and, and there's good soil. And, and, and anyway, we, the seed is planted in us and then it's grown out of us. Um, so seeds could still be getting thrown at you. I think that's kind of like what's happening this morning is I'm chucking seeds at you. That's, I, I don't know if that adds up, but I think that's what's happening. Um, and and I, just, I just had one verse that I wanted to, that I wanted to bring to you guys. If you're some, by the way, you're free to, to, to be seeking. If you're an atheist, if you're whatever, like I, I really want to encourage you that God is big enough that you can be honest. You don't have to fake it. In fact, Christianity doesn't work when you fake it. It becomes something very ugly and different. You've got, you were created to be you and you have to be you. Like, that's why God created you, is to be yourself. Um, so if you're on that journey, I, I just, I totally respect that and want to just say that you're welcome to, to come with questions and, and whatever. Um, and, and the verse that I wanted to bring to your attention, it, it's, it's in the same chapter of Matthew. It's Matthew 13, 44. It's another parable. It's kind of a mini one. It says, this is Jesus teaching again. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So, the kingdom of heaven, this relationship with Christ, um, this, this plant that comes out of these seeds that I'm chucking out of you, chucking at you, um, it's, it's so valuable that if it's seen with clear eyes, you would sell everything you have to get it. Like if it's seen with clear eyes, and, so, and, and, and every, every one of us struggles with sometimes seeing it like that, but if it's, if it's seen with clear eyes, this dude sells everything just to get that treasure. You would take everything that you're living for right now and you would crumple it up and drop kick it. Like you would like you you would sell everything if you saw it clearly. So I'm I wanted to bring that to your attention because sometimes religion in our culture, there's a stereotype that it's kind of like this dusty, boring, um, pious club of people that just think they're better than everyone else and submit to certain rules and don't do certain things because they're better than everyone. Like there's there's reason that that stereotype exists. Um, and I just want, I want to challenge that. The truth of what the Bible says about relationship with Christ is that it's so valuable, it's so amazing that you would sell everything you have for it. it it's, you would crumple up everything you have that you're living for right now and drop kick it. That's, that's what the truth of what the Bible says about relationship with Christ, about this plant. Okay, so I just want to encourage you to, um, that's what it is. Don't, don't, sell, don't sell yourself for anything kind of half, half truth. Does that make sense? Anyway, um, that's kind of it. Um, why, don't we, why don't we pray? <laughs> I think that's how you close these things, right? That's what you do, you pray. Um, um, let's, let's pray. Um, God, I thank you that you're, that you're big enough to understand us, that we can come to you without fear. Uh, I thank you that you're present in this room and that you're, you're calling us to, to be free to come to you and to be honest with you, to be ourselves, to be honest God, I, I thank you for, for who you are and that we're all on a journey of getting to know you and believing that we are known and completely loved by you. I pray for each one in this room that they would get a sense of understanding and seeing your face towards us, that they would see a face of a father who has hope, that has expectation, that is not defeated, that is not burdened by what is, what is trapping us right now, but sees a way out because you made a way in your son Jesus. I thank you that that's the truth, that you've made a way for us. So God, I pray that we would see your face towards us, one that's hopeful and expectant. And Father, would you make us good soil? 
Um, in this analogy, we're, we're, the, we're the ground, and I pray that we would be good soil, that uh, even if we're someone that's just seeking, we don't even know if you're God. Uh, if this is the truth, I think we'd want to know that. So if this is the truth, help us to be good soil, to receive it and to understand it and to go forward and to bear fruit, to bear fruit that's going to change our families, that's going to change our coworkers, that's going to change the world around us. Let us be good soil to receive and understand the truth of this seed, <laughs> the truth of this life with you. Let us be free to go deeper in relationship with you. Let us do that in community. Would you conquer fear in us today and going forward, Father? Let us be free to, to journey together, to open up to one another, and to open up with you. I thank you for, uh, for this morning and for everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen.